Welcome to Scripture Uncovered, a podcast on the Bible brought to you by Logos Bible Study and LogosBibleStudy.com. Last week, Dr. Creasy and his students left for an amazing adventure in Greece, walking in the footsteps of St. Paul. For the next few podcast episodes, we'll join up with the group and hear Dr. Creasy's on-site teaching of Scripture. So, let's take off and join our fellow Logos students in Greece. So we're beginning our Footsteps of St. Paul tour in Philippi. And here we are seated right by the river where Paul baptized Lydia, the Zagatis River. It's actually more like a creek. If you've seen the Nile River or the Mississippi River or the Ohio River, it's a creek. <laughs> but here we are. And place by place, Philippi, as we make our journey through St. Paul's second missionary journey, I'll be teaching at each site. And I'm also recording at each site for our podcast that comes up on Sunday evening. So how about a big hello to all the people listening on the podcast? Hello! Okay, very good, very good. So I really like this spot, uh, the spot here in Philippi, down by the river where Paul baptized uh, Lydia. Now you might recall that St. Paul began as the great persecutor of the church. He felt that this new movement was truly a threat, not only to religious Judaism, but to the very survival of the nation itself. He was the young rising star, and he set out to destroy, to end this whole movement. But after his dramatic conversion on the road to Damascus, he becomes the great Apostle Paul. After his conversion on the road to Damascus, he went to Jerusalem, to meet with the apostles. They didn't want to meet with him. They were afraid of him. But he went there to meet with them. Barnabas set up the meeting. And after a while, well, you know Paul, he got into trouble in Jerusalem. So the apostles sent him home to Tarsus. Tarsus is in eastern Turkey of today. They sent him home. And we read in Acts that Jerusalem enjoyed a time of peace after Paul left, right? <laughs> but. When he got to Tarsus, what happened after that? Well, he writes in Galatians that he went to Arabia for three years. Arabia, the deserts of Arabia, Saudi Arabia of today, where he received the gospel message by direct revelation from Christ himself. Now, I like to think that he went to the deserts of Arabia for three years, where, much like the other apostles, were with Jesus on the road roads of Galilee for three years. Paul spent three years with the risen and glorified Christ in the deserts of Arabia in a private tutorial. Can you imagine? With the risen and glorified Christ. And then he came back and he met with Peter in Jerusalem where he stayed for a couple of weeks. And then he went back up to Antioch, Syrian Antioch, Eastern Turkey of today. That was his home church. He and Barnabas became teachers at that church. And while they were teaching, the Holy Spirit called them onto a missionary journey. Barnabas and Paul left Antioch and they went to Cyprus, the island of Cyprus. They taught their way across Cyprus, then went to the southern coast of Turkey, Antalya, the turquoise coast, 
They began there and made their way into the interior from Antalya to Perga to Pisidian Antioch, around the corner to Iconium, Lystra, and Derby. That was the first missionary journey, AD 46 to 48. And then they came back by the same route. Once they got back home, they spent more time teaching. And around AD 50, Paul said, you know, we should go back and see how the churches are doing that we founded on the first missionary journey. And Barnabas said, great idea, let's do it. And we'll take Mark. They took Mark the first time, he deserted them in Perga and went home. And Barnabas said, let's take Mark again. Paul said, absolutely not. We're not taking him. He's not dependable. He cut and ran on us. We cannot have him with us. They had a huge blowout yeah. over Mark. They parted company, Paul and Barnabas. And as far as I know, they never spoke again. They are gone for a long time, separate. But Paul took Silas and he went on the first missionary journey in reverse order. He went to Derby, Iconia, uh, Lystra, Iconium, Pisidian Antioch, across Turkey in the interior, going west. And then the plan would have been to go to Perga and Antalya, Cyprus, and back home. But Paul became ill in Antioch, Pisidian Antioch. He became ill. Silas is traveling with him. They pick up Timothy in Lystra. So we have Paul, Silas, and Timothy, and Paul becomes ill. He needs medical care. They make their way over the big snowy mountains into Galatia, where they crawl, looking for the medical care, and they end up in Troas on the west coast of Asia Minor. Troas, where Paul receives the medical care he needs. Because who do they meet in Troas? Dr. Luke. And he joins up with the group in Troas. While they're in Troas, let me turn with you to Acts chapter 16 at verse 6. Okay, so we're traveling along. Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in Asia. And when they came to the border of Mycenae, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them. So they passed by Mycenae and went to Troas. During the night in Troas, now imagine, Silas and Timothy are with Paul. They were planning to go south to Perga and Antalya, then back home. Now they're way on the other side of Asia Minor, on the west side. And they get there in Troas, and it's dinner time, and they're sitting in a nice restaurant right on the water, on the Aegean, and there with Dr. Luke, and Timothy said, Paul, where are we going? And Paul said, I don't know. <laughs> it would be like us being here, and we're supposed to be at Philippi, but we're somewhere in Bulgaria? <laughs> and you say, Bill, where are we going? I don't know. I, I... Okay, so they have dinner. They wake up in the morning, and Timothy said again, so Paul, any idea about where we're going? We read in verse 9 of chapter 16. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia here, begging them to come over to Macedonia. Come over here and help us, he said. So after Paul had seen the vision, he got ready at once. They were having breakfast. Where are we going, Paul? Macedonia. And off they went. They sailed from Troas, which is not that far away on the Aegean, 
past the island of Samothrace, and if it's nice and clear today, when we get down to Kavala or Neapolis, we can see the island of Samothrace out on the horizon. And they come here and set foot in Neapolis or Kavala, and after lunch, we'll go to the spot where Paul, Timothy, Silas, and Dr. Luke set foot on the continent of Europe for the first time. Now, from Troas, we put out to sea, sailed past Samothrace, and the next day we went to Neapolis, Kavala. From there, we traveled to Philippi, right where we are, a Roman colony and the leading city of that district of Macedonia. Philippi was a Roman garrison town. We stayed several days. Now, Paul's typical method would be go to the synagogue, teach in the synagogue, get thrown out of the synagogue sooner or later, nicely or not so nicely, and then he'd go to the Agora, the marketplace, and he would preach and teach there, where he'd often get beaten up, thrown in jail, and run out of town. That was his method. But he got here to Philippi, there was no synagogue. You need 10 men, masculine, plural, 10 men to form a minion to have a synagogue. And apparently there were not 10 Jewish men in all of Philippi, there was no synagogue. So on the Sabbath, if we're going to find any people who are interested in this God of Judaism, where might they be? Well, maybe down by the river, the Zagatis River, having a prayer meeting. So that's where they go. On the Sabbath, we went outside the city gate to the river. And here's the river. And expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and began to speak to the women who had gathered there. So they were all women, which is usual. You know, Anna and I go to daily mass, and I'll bet 90% of the people at daily mass are women. Well, here's where the women were meeting. We sat down and began to speak to them. Now, one of those listening was a woman from the city of Thyatira named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth. Thyatira is in Asia Minor, modern-day Turkey, in the interior, and it's one of the seven churches mentioned in Revelation. She was not a Jew, she was a Gentile. And one of the women was Lydia. She was a dealer in purple cloth, or crimson cloth. Uh, the word is a whole range of everything from bright red to a kind of purplish and almost pink color, depending on how you dye it. But the dye was very expensive. It was extracted from a mollusk, a snail, in little quantities, and it was very, very expensive. So in Thyatira, when we visit Turkey in the footsteps of Paul, we go to Thyatira. That was a center of, of cloth making. And the snail, the mollusk, was indigenous to that area. And she made the purple dye, produced the purple or crimson cloth, and exported it. Now, who would wear purple cloth? Well, royalty, and who else? Roman military officers. This was a Roman garrison town. So Lydia, I like to think, she had a contract with the Roman government to supply uniforms for the Roman military officers who wore the crimson cloth, and this would be the place to do it. She had a home here, but her business was in Thyatira and she was a very wealthy woman. We read nothing about her husband or children or family or anything else. It seems that Lydia 
is one of those extraordinary women like in Proverbs 31, a woman of noble character who ran her business. She was quite the extraordinary person. And, uh, and they meet her right here. She was a worshiper of God. That is, not a Jew, but a Gentile who was drawn to the God of Judaism. Well, the Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. And when she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us to her home. So Paul, Luke, Silas, and Timothy baptized Lydia and her friends right here in this water. You hear the water? Ah, right here. That's extraordinary. We are at the very spot. And then she invited them to stay at her home. So she could put up Paul, Timothy, Silas, Luke, for any number of days or weeks or months. They stay at Lydia's house when they're here. Now you may have noticed as we were driving into the site, Lydia was a dealer in purple cloth. But as we're driving into the site, you saw the Hotel Lydia? Yeah. Yes. Apparently she got into the hotel business too, because the hotel <laughs> is still there. She yeah, she left the light on for us. But, uh, uh, so they, they were persuaded and they stayed with Lydia. Paul is a pretty extraordinary fellow. He was absolutely brilliant. We're studying Paul right now in our live classes, St. Paul's prison epistles, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, Philemon, and we've looked in depth at St. Paul, an extraordinary person. St. Paul is to the New Testament what Moses was to the Old Testament. Right? God gave the message of the law through Moses. He gave the message of grace through Paul. They're parallel characters in Scripture. But Paul was quite extraordinary. We know nothing about Paul's private life. Was he married? Did he have children? Uh, we don't know. But uh, it seems not. Uh, either he wasn't married or perhaps his wife had died. Uh, it would be inconceivable to be a rising star in Judaism in your 30s and not be married. That, that would be simply not possible. So perhaps... He was married, perhaps he was a widower, uh, but there's no mention of a wife. And uh, here he meets Lydia, who is quite the extraordinary woman herself. Paul will pass through Philippi on several occasions, and when he does, he stays with Lydia. He and Luke will stay all of Passover one year at Lydia's. And uh, when we get over to the Greek Orthodox baptistry right across the way, we'll see the stained glass window of Paul and Lydia. I'll talk about that inside. But, um, you know, of all the epistles and letters Paul writes, uh, 13 of them, many of the communities he wrote to, like Corinth, that was a very troubled community. And Paul addresses big problems in that community. Uh, in Romans, he, never, he had never been to Rome when he writes Romans in AD 57. But it's a, a magnificent epistle, but it's not personal. It's not personal. But when he writes to the church in Philippi, the church which met where? In Lydia's living room, right? When he writes to Philippi, it's very personal. He really likes this community at Philippi. And I think he really likes Lydia and her friends as well. This was a place that he could come and be at ease and a place where he could kick back have a nice glass of wine, uh, a good conversation, and relax. He could always come here to relax. 
So here we are at Philippi, right here down by the river, and uh, our first stop in our journeys of St. Paul. You're listening to Scripture Uncovered with Dr. Bill Creasy, brought to you by Logos Bible Study and LogosBibleStudy.com. Now, back to the program. Here's Dr. Creasy. All right, folks, welcome. Welcome back. So there are several commandments of tourism. Commandment number one, thou shalt have no other guide before thee. (laughs) Commandment number two, never pass up shade. You don't know when you'll get it again. But I have us out in the sun here because it's important to be at this site. Okay, we walked through the archeological site of Philippi. We walked past the theater and we found there are 5,000 seats in the theater. So what would the population have been in Philippi when the theater was built? About 50,000, right? About 50,000. And we have behind us the Agora, the marketplace. Fairly large area uh, for a marketplace. And we'll be walking through that uh, momentarily. But I wanted to pause here because we're at a very important spot in Philippi. So I'm going to turn over to Acts 16 again at verse 16. Now once, when we were going to the place of prayer, that would have been down by the river, we were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune-telling. So Philippi was a Roman garrison town for the Roman military, and if people are being deployed here and there throughout the empire, you might want to know, well, how will my deployment go? Or you might want to know, how will my family do while I'm gone? And uh, so she made a lot of money by fortune-telling for her owners. Now, she followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. Well, she kept this up for many days. Now, I've taught class for a long time. And every now and again in class, you get someone, you know, who wanders in a little weird. And as I'm teaching, they'll say, listen to him. He's saying the way to be saved. And you got to step on that fast. right? But this woman kept it up every time Paul would teach. She'd be shouting things out. She kept it up for many days. And finally, Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and he said not to her, but to the thing within her. He said, In the name of Jesus Christ, come out of her! And at that moment, the spirit left her. Well, when when her owners realized their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace, the Agora, right over here. They dragged them into the Agora, and, and they made charges against him. They brought them before the magistrate and said, These men are Jews. Now remember, there were not even enough men, 10 Jewish men, to form a synagogue here, so that was a distinct minority. These men are Jews, and they're throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to practice or to accept. They are causing trouble all over here, and besides, they've ruined our business. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped butt naked beaten with rods, and then thrown into jail. So after they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison. And the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. And when he received these orders, he put them in the innermost cell 
and fasten their feet in the stocks. So Paul and Silas are taken to the jail, which is right here to your left and to my right. That's the remains of the prison. Now it's really important to understand that when we're looking at an archaeological site, and this is our first archaeological site on this tour, we're looking at the skeletal remains of a city. When Paul was here, it didn't look like this. It looked beautiful. It had marble streets, marble columns. Uh, the interior of the homes were done in mosaic and fresco. It was a beautiful place. When you look at the theater, again, we're seeing the skeletal remains of a theater. But it would have been beautiful, absolutely beautiful. So they dragged Paul and Silas, stripped them naked, beat them with rods, and throw them in the prison. Not just in the prison, but in the deepest, darkest dungeon of the prison, and they put them in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, while the other prisoners were listening to them. So you hear from way back in the dungeon, Amazing grace. And, and suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. Now, it's all made of stone. And it wasn't stones cemented together. They were stones on top of one another. So when you have an earthquake, things start moving, right? And uh, such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. Therein lies a tale. When we were here, Mary, where are you? Oh, we were here in 1997, I think it was. Somewhere around. About 97. And we flew into Istanbul and we saw Istanbul and then we drove across here to Philippi. Well, we flew into Istanbul. We got in late at night. It was, oh, easily 11 o'clock at night. And we checked into our hotel. And the hotel, there are seven hills in Istanbul, like in Rome. And one of the hotels, the Mercure Hotel, was cylindrical, like an old Holiday Inn, and it was on one of the hills. And we went up to, I don't know, the ninth floor or something where I had all my group. And, uh, and we got checked in. I finally thought, it's after midnight now, easily. And I thought, oh, we're finally here. Got the group in. And uh, I went to the mini bar. I, I made a scotch. And I got into bed. I was just sitting back. And all of a sudden, boom, 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 boom. Big earthquake. That was the big Istanbul earthquake. And it rocked and rolled and my goodness. Istanbul and Greece are in very seismically active areas, right? So we have this big earthquake. And I got out of bed, I carry a flashlight in my bag, and I got out of bed, put my shoes on because you don't know what's broken, and went out in the hallway, shined the light down the hallway. Here are all my people out in the hallway. What are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? Well, the building didn't fall down, the earthquake's over. Why don't we go back to bed? <laughs> So we did. So we did. I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> so we did. And, and then it seemed like only a few minutes went by, I fell asleep, and my phone rang, the hotel phone. And, uh, and I had the curtains pulled, dark, and I answered, hello, uh, is this Dr. Bill Creasy? Yes. Uh, in Istanbul? Yes. This is KNX News Radio in Los Angeles. <laughs> How'd they know we were there? <laughs> and. I understand you're there in Istanbul. Is your group all right? Yes, we're, we're just fine. What's it look like there? I don't know. I, let me look. I opened the curtains and looked out, 
and it looked like a, like a, a snake went through Istanbul. Some buildings had fallen, others were untouched right next door. You know, you could see the path of the earthquake. And so I described it all, and, uh, and it was, that was kind of fun. In the morning, you know, we went down for breakfast. There were, they, they didn't have the gas turned on, they, had, they shut everything off. So we had, uh, you know, cereal and cold things. And we had to figure out what to do because we didn't know what was still standing. So my colleague in Istanbul and I, uh, we, we moved the schedule and we did a, a two-hour boat ride on the Bosphorus so we could figure out what to do next, right? And, uh, but while we're having breakfast, we had with us uh, Father Ray Sapless. And Father Sapless is quite the character, a uh, curmudgeonly old guy. And he came into breakfast and he had this scowl on his face and he said, I don't like this hotel. I said, why not, Father Sapless? He said, I came in about 1.30 at night. I was riding up in the elevator. The whole damn thing was shaking. <laughs> he didn't know it was an earthquake. <laughs> that was funny. So, oh, that's a sh the shower story is a different one. That'll come later. <laughs> they were in line. No, I'll do that. But uh, so we left Istanbul. We came here. And we're, we're right sitting here where you are. And I'm talking about the prison, reading the story. And I just read... They were singing hymns. Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And at that instant, there was an aftershock and a, and a brick fell off of that prison right over there. Good visual aid, Lord. That was, good. That was great. So, so the violent earthquake. All at once the prison doors flew open because they're iron doors and everything's moving so the doors fall off. And uh, the jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors were fallen, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. Well, remember in Acts, when Peter is arrested in Jerusalem, he's put in jail, 16 Roman guards are on him. And remember the angel breaks him out of prison and he scampers off into the night. And what happened to the 16 guards? They were all executed for losing their prisoner. So he was in big trouble. He thought, I'll take care of it myself. And uh, he was gonna kill himself. But Paul said way back in the dungeon, don't harm yourself, we're all here. And the jailer called for lights and he rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. And then he brought them out and he said, sir, what must I do to be saved? Well, that's something a traveling missionary would like to hear. And, uh, and Paul said, uh, uh, believe in the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved, you and your whole household. And then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all the others in the house. And at that hour of the night, the jailer took them, washed their wounds. Immediately, he and all his household were baptized. And the jailer brought them into his house, fed them a meal. And he was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God, he and his whole household. That happens right here where we're seated. When it was daylight, the magistrates sent their officers to the jailer with the order, release the men. The jailer told Paul, the magistrates have ordered that you and Silas be released. You can go, go in peace. But Paul said, and this is so like Paul. Paul said, no, 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 I don't think so. Nope. They beat us publicly, butt naked in the Agora over there. Even though we're Roman citizens and threw us into this prison. And now they want to get rid of us quietly? Ain't going to happen. Let them come apologize and escort us out of town. 
So the officers reported this to the magistrates. And when they heard that Paul and Silas were Roman citizens, they were alarmed because a Roman citizen has rights, among which are the right to face your accusers and have a fair trial. And a Roman citizen cannot be flogged or chained under Roman law beginning around 90 BC. If you're a Roman citizen, you have rights and you cannot be flogged or chained. So they're in big trouble because they not only stripped them bare naked and flogged them, but they threw them into the stocks in the prison. So the magistrates are in big trouble. They came to appease them and escorted them very nicely from the prison, requesting them very politely to leave the city. And after Paul and Silas came out of the prison, they went to Lydia's house, where they met with the brothers and sisters and encouraged them, and then they left. So they left Philippi. I'll bet Paul had a key to the city. You know? <laughs> they left Philippi, and they headed for Thessalonica, or Thessaloniki, where we'll be going to spend the night. So we're following right in the footsteps of Paul. So here's the prison. Can you believe it? We're right here. Now we're going to walk down to the Agora and walk along through it and see a few things down there. Wow. You've been listening to Scripture Uncovered with Dr. Bill Creasy. Don't forget, we want to hear from you, so go to scriptureuncovered.com and submit your questions. Dr. Creasy might answer them on air. That's scriptureuncovered.com. Submit your questions. And also, if you have a moment, leave us a rating and review in iTunes or wherever you're accessing the podcast. This is the best way to help us spread the word about Logos Bible Study and about Scripture Uncovered. Thanks a lot, and we'll see you next week.